Thanks, Pedro and Caleb and Stephanie and baby Nora. Hey, how about that surprise guest on Easter Sunday? You can give it up for Nora. Drop some hearts in the comment section. Uh, just as they pointed us to what today is all about, Easter Sunday and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. My name is Tanner Turley. I serve as the lead pastor of Redemption Hill, and I want to welcome you to this very unique Easter Sunday as we celebrate Jesus together. And let me encourage you from the outset. I know that this Sunday may feel a little disappointing as we consider that we're not together physically and maybe we're separated from our family and our loved ones. But let me encourage you with this. God has sneaky ways of taking the toughest situations and turning them into the greatest celebrations. And so it would be just like God to make this Easter Sunday the most significant one for you spiritually in your entire life. That's my prayer for you today as we look to God's word and hear the story of Easter. Now, I know that thinking about this being the most spiritually significant Sunday, that might sound strange to you, especially if you're new to Christianity, but those who have been following Christ know that the death of Jesus on the cross on that Good Friday gave way to his glorious resurrection on Easter Sunday. Our God is alive. He conquered death, rising from the grave. And it's on this Sunday that I feel God maybe wants to do a very special, significant work in your life because I believe this Sunday holds a very special power that God may just speak to us with his very clear voice in a way that we wouldn't be been able to hear otherwise if we wouldn't be going through these very difficult and trying times. And so as we face these fears and undergo the unique pressures of this pandemic, I want to speak to you today about the virus, and the voice of God. I want you, right where you are today, to ask this question. God, what do you want to say to me in my point of pain? There was a man named C.S. Lewis who wrote a book, a classic called The Problem of Pain. And he wrote out of a deep experience. He lost his mother as a young child. He lost his wife way too early in life. And so he was well qualified to pen these profound words when he said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And so we're going to ask this question, God, what are you shouting to us with your megaphone in this troubling time as we experience perhaps a greater degree of pain in our life in this unique season? I wanna take you to the words of 2 Corinthians chapter one 
where the Apostle Paul, a man who once hated Jesus and persecuted those who followed Jesus, then met Jesus and became the greatest missionary in the early church, writes about a pain that he experienced and how God brought him through. And so today, as we hear his words, my primary encouragement to you is to hear the voice of the God of resurrection. Listen to what Paul says in verses 8 through 11 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. This is what he says. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. I want to point out two proposals that are very simple and yet hold the power to be life-changing as we consider what God may be saying to us in this unique season in our lives. The first thing I believe God is saying to us is this. You need me now. You need me now. God is shouting to us. We need him. We saw in verse 8 that Paul speaks of an affliction that he and his companions suffered when they were in Asia, which is an area in modern-day Turkey. And this word affliction, it means to be pressed down with a severe weight. Now, we don't know the specifics of this affliction that Paul underwent and the people that were traveling with him. Perhaps it was, as some scholars speculate, some intense psychological suffering. Others argue that it could have been an acute illness that he suffered physically. And perhaps most likely it refers to a time of persecution where he and his companions were left physically on the brink of death. We don't know the specifics, but we do see the severity of their suffering. Paul says that this affliction was an utter burden to them. It means that they were oppressed to an extraordinary degree. He says that they were oppressed to the point where they were beyond their own strength. So much so that they would say, we felt like we couldn't go on. We felt like we had nothing left. We despaired of life itself. Indeed, in verse 9, they say, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. Paul and his friends would more than understand the intensified pressure that you feel in these days. But the hope that we can look to this, this day, this Easter Sunday, is that God works a divine and supernatural purpose 
in our points of pain. Verse 9 puts it like this. Paul says, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. God uses our suffering to grab our attention and to pull us closer to him. You may be amazed, like I am, to to read these words. The Apostle Paul, perhaps the greatest leader in the early church, that, that he confesses that he, like us, struggled with self-reliance at times. And you and I know this is our story as well. The default mode of every human heart says, I'm strong enough. I'll push through. There's no way that this pain is going to drive me to my knees. I'll get through it. I've got this. And yet what God is shouting to us today is a message contrary to that default mode of our heart. He's saying, you need me. I want you to rely on me. And that's my prayer for you, Redemption Hill, and for all of our friends scattered across greater Boston and throughout the world, that we would have our attention on God like never before, that we would see how much we need him, Who in this season could say that they have learned that they are not in control of their lives in the way that they thought they were? Who in this season would say that they are experiencing huge, not just physical, but emotional, relational, and spiritual needs? Who among us would say we are not as strong as we think we are. Maybe in this season, God will so draw us to himself as we see our immense need of him and for him, that not just people who are already following Jesus will turn back to God in in deeper and stronger ways, but hundreds and thousands of people across our city and millions across our world see that they need God in their lives as well. They would hear him saying, you need me and you need me now. Let that be our prayer in these times. But listen, God wants to meet you in your point of pain. Whatever you're going through, God is saying, I'm here for you. I want to help you through this. I want to strengthen you. I want to carry that burden that is too much for you to bear. Even if you feel like you've received the sentence of death, lean into my heart. I am the God of resurrection. God is saying to us, through these words, you need me and you need me now. But that's not all he's saying. The second truth that I believe God is shouting to us today is not just that you need me now, but he's saying, set your hope on me. We see this once again in verse 10. This is what Paul says there. He delivered us from such deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope 
that he will deliver us again. What does Paul mean when he says we set our hope on God? Hope is a word that that points to this confident expectation in God's ability to come through. It's not just a wishful thinking or some kind of false hope. We put so much hope in so many different systems and structures and pursuits in life, whether it be government or education or the stock market or achievement. But what we find is most all of those hopes, they overpromise and underdeliver, but not God. God is a firm foundation. We can have a firm confidence in him because he always comes through. Paul is speaking of a, of a hope and a future deliverance. The word delivered there means to be rescued out of danger. It means to be saved out of a perilous situation. And so Paul is, is, is saying here very clearly that it's on him that we set our hope. Who, who is this him that he's talking about. Well, we go back to verse nine and we see that the, the, that he is referring to the God who raises the dead. And we see here in this passage three reasons why Paul and his friends have such great confidence in this God of resurrection. Number one, I want you to consider Paul was looking back at his past experiences. Did you see how he words it in verse 10? He said, he delivered us from such great great deadly peril and he will deliver us again. This is one of the secrets of the Christian life. The more that you get to know God, the longer that you journey with God, you just look back and you see how faithful he's been and how many times he's come through. And as you keep looking back, then you can step forward with a greater confidence and greater faith that just as he was faithful in the past, he'll be faithful today and tomorrow. Consider the ways that God has answered prayer in your life. Consider the peace that he sent you. Consider the comfort that he's delivered to you through the love of a friend. Consider the provision that he's given you. We can look back to past experiences to to build confident hope for what lies ahead. But Paul's confidence is not just in his past experiences because his past experiences are grounded in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You need to hear this. Christianity rises and falls on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. No other God made the claims that he made. No other God predicted not just his death, but also his resurrection, and then followed through on those promises. This is so important that Paul would say in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. The resurrection of Jesus Christ changes everything. It gives us life today and hope for tomorrow. It infuses every good work, every act of kindness, 
with eternal purpose. The resurrection of Jesus foreshadows a world to come where there will be complete harmony and perfect justice, but also a world that is free from evil, sickness, viruses, and yes, even death. This is what the resurrection of Christ shows us and invites us into experience because Jesus rose from the grave. And so Paul has a great confidence because of his past experiences, because of the resurrection of his Savior. But then number three, I love this. He shows us that resurrection is God's nature. And if we read verse nine, we might miss what he's saying here. He, he, he says that uh, this was make, to make us not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. What Paul is pointing us to is that God is not just the God of resurrection in the past, nor is he just the God of resurrection of the future, but resurrection is a present reality because it's essential to his character. God is the God of life. It's who he is. He reigns over death because he is the God of life. And so it's this confidence that Paul looked to as he looked at his struggle and his situation, that that God was going to deliver him. He had massive hope because of what God had done in his life and who God is. And so listen, I don't know what you're facing in this season of life, but I know this. Jesus rose from the grave 2,000 years ago, and he walked out never to return. And because of that fact, he's now saying to you and to me, if I can conquer death, what can't I do in your life? I can give you perspective. I can bring you healing. I can protect your loved ones. I can mend your relationships. I can help you through your job situation. I can provide when finances are tough. I can give you the comfort and peace that you long for in those hard moments where you don't know where else to turn. I am the resurrection and the life. I love the words of Yaroslav Pelikan when he said, if Christ is risen, nothing else matters. And if Christ is not risen, then nothing else matters. And what he means by that is that if Christ was truly raised from the dead, nothing else matters in comparison. There's nothing more important than this. Not your job, not your spouse, not the socks, C's, B's, Pat's, nothing. But not only that, if Christ wasn't raised from the dead, then we have no hope beyond this life. And we can really just live it up and do whatever we want to do if Christ did not rise from the dead. But Paul is saying, look, we know 
Jesus is alive. He's come through for us again and again and again. And on him, we are setting our hope. I hope you will hear God shouting that to you today. Whatever the pain point is for you, set your hope on God. You know how much we need this in this time. I can't tell you what a difficult week it was for my wife and I, just emotionally taxing both personally and as we're serving others and loving others within the church and outside of the church. Not only was it the ninth anniversary of her father's passing from brain cancer, but we had numerous calls with people who were going through some very difficult suffering. There are people who have lost their jobs, people that are gripped by anxiety, people experiencing relational brokenness. We've even had two dear friends that are now battling COVID-19. But as hard as those calls were, what amazed me the most is that in every circumstance, without fail, these people were expressing and receiving a supernatural peace from God. And why is that? Why could they do that? How could they do that? It's because they have set their hope on God through Jesus Christ. And so I want to ask you today a very personal question. I want you to look within just the mirror of your soul and and just answer this question. Do you hear God's voice today? Do you hear God's voice today? Do you hear God saying, you need me and you need me now? Do you hear God saying, set your hope on me? God wants every single one of you, wherever you are, wherever you're watching, He wants you to to move forward with him. And this is what I know from my years of being a pastor and just human nature. There are going to be two responses that are going to come out of today. One of two responses that you'll make. You'll either stay where you are or you will move forward with the resurrection of Jesus. Please don't stay where you are. I know so many people think, you know what, I'm I'm not prioritized God in my life, maybe in the ways that I should, but, but I'll prioritize him later. Or I'm not so sure where I'll spend eternity, but, but I've got a long time to figure that out. I'll, I'll settle that up with God later in my life. Listen, if you maybe have heard about Jesus or know a little bit about Jesus, but you've never given him complete control of your life, I urge you to do so today. If you don't have confidence, a hope that's saying, when I die, I will spend eternity with God, you can have that assurance today. Let's look to God today. Let's ask him to to show us how we can move forward with him in light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me help you today. Let me just summarize the great news of Jesus Christ in one sentence for you. It's found in Romans 6.23. 
where Paul wrote these words, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the news that every person needs to hear. Paul says that that we all have sin in our life. The essence of sin is saying, I'm going to do things my way and not God's way. And the grave consequences of sin is death. Not just physical death one day, but spiritual death now. Our heart doesn't beat for God. God's not the priority of our life. We we feel an internal emptiness and brokenness in our souls that we long for something that will ultimately satisfy us, but we keep looking and not finding it. But here's the good news. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live the life that we should have lived. He stepped into our pain, took that sentence of death that we deserved on the cross so that if we look to him and receive this free gift, nothing that we could ever do to earn it, but just simply receive it as a free gift from God, we can experience eternal life with God that begins today. And so I want to invite you right where you are. If you've never started this journey with Jesus, if you have never received this salvation and forgiveness from God, the free gift of eternal life, I want to invite you to do it right day, right now. Is God speaking to your heart? Do you feel the need to follow Christ and commit your life to to follow him? If so, I want you to pray this prayer out loud after me, right where you are. It may feel a little awkward, but listen, just voice it to God and pray this prayer to choose to follow Jesus Christ. God, I realize how much I need you. I see that my sin has separated me from you. And so, Father, I ask you to forgive me. I place my faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I surrender my life to him and commit to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, for those of you that just prayed that prayer, we wanna celebrate with you and pray for you in your new journey with Jesus. And so our online host across all three platforms just put a link in the comment section that's going to help you let us know if you just committed to follow Jesus. Or perhaps if you're not quite there yet, but you wanna explore more about Jesus and Christianity, you can also let us know that on that form. Or if you just have a prayer need in your life during these trying days, you can fill out the form and let us know how we can pray for you and your loved ones. Listen, Redemption Hill Church is here for you. If you committed to follow Christ and you're watching on our church online platform, you're gonna see an option for you in the chat box where you can raise your hand. And when you raise your hand, you're gonna see a live prayer option where you can click the button and they're gonna be people on our team that are ready to celebrate with you and pray for you as you begin this new journey of following Jesus. Listen, 
our God is the God of resurrection. He is shouting to us in these moments to depend on him and to set our hopes on him. And so let me once again wish you a happy Easter. And we're going to continue worshiping through song as we declare, because Jesus is alive, we can face whatever comes today or tomorrow because he is that good.